on that uh, friendly festive note, uh, hello everyone, <laughs> welcome to episode 54 of the ZA Dev Chat podcast. Uh, tonight I'm joined by Kevin. Hello, hello. And I'm joined by Armand Duplessis. Hello, Armand. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Right, so uh, that was quite a <laughs> joyous, joyous start. So, uh, Armand, yeah, I mean, it was the time I met you, uh, you were uh, like a Ruby programmer. Um, I'm kind of curious, what, what got you at, at that stage of the match to Ruby? Uh, and, and what did you do before then? So before we do that, just more or less, when was this? 2007. Yeah, I yeah. think. 2007. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, before, yeah, I mean, obviously when we met, you know, quite, quite stoked on, on, on Ruby. Um, and, and, and I'm still, I'm still, I'm still quite stoked on Ruby. Um, before that, um, you know, sort of 2000 ish, uh, I was, I was a systems engineer at, at Healthbridge, which was part of a, part of internet solutions. Um, and it was just when, uh, uh when, when .NET, uh, became available as a beta. And I've always sort of like had an interest in, in programming since school. Uh, I did GW basic at school, like some exposure to assembler, um, and I was always sort of doing programming on the side, but I ended up doing um, system engineering at Alfbridge. Um, and then when, uh, oh, I was doing some ASP.NET WML stuff on, 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 on the side. And then when .NET got released, I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is really like something we're, we're pursuing. So I really got into that in a, in a big way. Um, eventually leaving Alfbridge, they were probably the most awesome company I've ever worked for. Um, but they just had, you know, didn't have the, the, the scope to do .NET. And, yeah, I ended up doing .NET for, for until about 20, 2007, 2006, 2007. Um, and then, uh, I was working at, at Red5 Labs. We were doing a, an implementation of a CLI for, for Symbian. So basically taking .NET Compact Framework 1.0 at that point and, and um, implementing it for, uh, for Symbian. And then, um, uh, during that time, I, I started playing a bit with, with, with Ruby. Um, and I was like, you know, I really enjoyed working with Ruby a lot more than I did. In C sharp, uh, and that's when I made the switch, and I think that's more or less, you know, sort of when when me and Kenneth Kenneth made it up the copy, and that sort of like closes that loop in a in a quick way. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I mean, yes, those were the fun early days. Uh, <laughs> all the Rubyists knew each other by name. We were few and far between. <laughs> it was it was an amazing community. I, I, I think that's one of the things I I really enjoyed um, about Ruby. .NET also had a, had a had a good good community you know, really active community. Um, but I think, you know, again, like getting involved in, on, on, in, in it, it grew quite big and then getting involved in Ruby again. And Ruby is just really at that point in, in SA was real grassroots sort of movement. There were a few guys and, and, you know, we'd, we'd get together and like, like NFC, we all know each other by name. Um, it was really like this, like a good feeling of the, the people also a lot more bohemian than, uh, sort of a lot of the corporate guys that were involved in. And uh, C sharp, and I really felt that I could, could relate to that uh, that sort of environment. Yeah, and those were the days we started uh, Ruby on Beer, which is now Josie RB. <laughs> and I remember we like it would be one pizza and one six pack of beer, and that would like handle <laughs> the whole meetup. Yeah, man, Ruby on Beer for the day. So those were, that, that, that was awesome. <laughs> so I think that was a, a good name. Yeah, we uh, needed to uh, have a. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people never came uh, because they thought it was really a drink up. And I mean, I, I guess we we should have probably like actually 
posted pictures of the absolute minimum amount of alcohol that was ever consumed at those meetups. I don't think there was <laughs> ever sure a that case. Been enough? Would that be, have been enough of a case? <laughs> well, maybe given like when you started running the, the when Platform 45 started sponsoring and, and running the, the tab so graciously fast, maybe we should have just posted pictures of the slip because that would have clearly showed like, <laughs> like three people out of 10 had beers. The rest was Cokes and coffees <laughs> and cappuccinos. Yeah, lots of cappuccinos. <laughs> and those, the Ruby on beer was, was really one of the best meetups I got to. So, Amant, were you involved in starting that off? Like When you're talking about 2007, just for perspective, I was in high school. So I, I wasn't part of any of these communities at that time. See, yeah, see, that's, that's why you didn't know about it. Because, you know, like, obviously, being in high school, you're not allowed to drink beer. <laughs> allowed to doesn't mean that one doesn't, but anyway. <laughs> Um, I, I actually can't remember how it started. It, it might have been Donny. Yeah, um, you, me, Donny, and Craig. I think that was it. it was like an us four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was yeah, and then yeah, and then it, it, that was awesome. <laughs> really cool. Yeah, and then it slowly it, grew from there. Oh, that's good. And it, I mean, we didn't just drink beer. We, there was also, you know, we sometimes we just go and hang out at a at a, at a restaurant, and, and then it would be like a really small act fest. Um, and then there were some, some really big meetups as well. Um, yes. And all, I, the, the other thing, it was always interesting thought. Um, I don't think it was ever it was a bit a, a, a adult talk. Um, I haven't been to one in a while. I actually, you know, walked to Josie RB. Well, obviously, not, since living in Cape Town, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to go to Josie RB. That's no, just a um, quick flight away. Where's your frequent five miles? Uh, <laughs> I'll, <laughs> definitely make, I'll definitely try and get, 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 get you one. I, like, I do, do miss those. Those get get given. So you were going between restaurants. Uh, was it always at the same place? Did you move that around? Um, yeah, we, we moved around a bit. Um, we always had like some like someone sponsoring a venue. Um, I think we still had Agilista at that point, um, so some of it were, were at our offices. Um, yeah, there was always like some some host willing to to, to put up with a, um, a bunch of geeky guys and and uh, and some beers. So and a, and, a, and a projector. I think that was always the, the other thing we needed. There was always a venue. Yeah, there was always a venue. I remember that, like, some a few restaurants in Sunning Hill. Yes, it was Sunning Hill. They're off Maxwell Drive yes. in that shopping center. We ended up there. The offices were just up the road. Can't remember where else. Maybe at Cherry Lane once or twice. Yeah, it was, it, it was sort of all over. Um, but yeah, those, those, those are good, good days, good, good names. I actually want to go and look up, like, which talks, you know, what, what we looked at. Um, and see what like what's still relevant and, and what what became you know what what didn't what um be good to to to, to have, a, have a have a look back yeah that should be in the old uh, the google group it, it should be in the archives so we can go trawl through it yeah that should be interesting but that was cool i had my first tech presentation ever was there it was the root root in 20 minutes which ended up taking an hour <laughs> yes 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 and uh, I remember another talk was I had a chance to practice my lightning talk for Ruby Kaigi. Um, that, that was quite fun. I remember Donnie had like a six-minute timer on the watch and I did it on, on the phone and I did it like two or three times to make sure I nail it. And I had a problem fitting it in the six minutes. And then when I got to Tokyo, my nerves were so shot, I did it in like four minutes flat. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, those were the good old days. Speaking at a million miles an hour suddenly. Yep. 
But it's also the Japanese energy. For them, the lightning talks are like a game show. Uh, don't ever think if you had any Japanese friends that if you do a lightning talk, it's just going to be one of those things to fill time. It's like they actually make it a single track conference and people show up and there's count time timers and like cymbal noises or those gongs. It's it's a game show. <laughs> it really is a game show. Did not know that. Only in Japan. Yep. Yeah. And, and while we're talking about like meetups and stuff back in the day, um, bar camp you reminded me that the, the emails we had before the the show i completely forgot about bar camp josie that was still one of my favorite events um you know it's, it's not directly related to ruby but it, it you know the just the, the the people that we got together there um kevin i don't know if, 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 if you if you're familiar with bar camp and, and what no, it was about. I'm, I'm wondering why didn't i ever get invited to this damn it <laughs> no it was um I think it started with the O'Reilly conferences, and they had, they had a concept called um, called Food Camps, and that was uh, like invite only. So, uh, in response to that, I think Chris Messina and a few guys in the US started what's called Bar Camp, um, and the idea of the Bar Camp was to be the complete opposite of of, of Food Camp. Um, so it was this this unconference where there's no structure, there's no set agenda, um, but everyone that that arrives would, you know, sort of you. You get there and be, if you're willing to contribute something back. Um, so we then we we and and there's no there's no like um, organizers. You know, people just sort of club together and and work something out. We but we ended up organizing quite a good one. We we got the science museum, Cybono uh, in in Joburg. So as, as a venue, I think we couldn't have gotten a better, wow. a better venue for the first bar camp. Um, so the whole you know the whole environment was really geared towards um, uh, science and tech. So. Um, and the people that were at that bar camp, um, we, there were talks, you know, some talks were quite techy, and then there were talks on, on string theory, or, or maybe that was at the second bar camp. There were talks on bondage, there were talks on, there was this wide variety of completely random topics. It was, uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was probably one of the best conferences I've, I've, I've been to. It was, um, that was really cool. I'll see if I can find a wiki for that. There's, there's probably still some links to some of the talks that happened there. I found the links for that. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. We, so you were at the 2006 one. I think that was the first one. Uh, yeah, that was the first one. It was, um, um, yeah, I think my, you know, Scott Gray, um, myself, Donnie was involved. And there were so many people. It was, it was just, a, it was, a, yeah, it was really a, 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 a great event. Um, and in the second one, the next year's bar camp was at our offices. Um, where I remember Bonnie told me that uh, he, he saw on the, um, uh, you know, on, on, on the bar camp group that, uh, the blank cook from, from Twitter was coming. Yes. And we're like, we're like, oh, whatever, dude, like, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's probably a real blank cook. So I remember mean, like sitting in the office in, in the morning, um, waiting for people to arrive, just, just making a cup of coffee. Um, in walks this dude with long hair and it's like, shit, you know, this is actually, it's actually blank cook, you know, it's the, the architect or like, well, one of the, the, the original, Dudes that worked on Twitter, um, and at, at that point, I mean, they were just, you know, they were really, really new. Um, just gone through through some of like the first scalability gaps and and things. Um, so I cringe every time someone asked him, like, you know, you know, why doesn't scale this Twitter scale? Um, yeah, he, he he was there, and then um, Ravel from Yahoo did did worked on on Fire Eagle, um, and I think he worked on um, Flickr. Um, he also worked on Twitter. Yeah, he also worked on Twitter. He's also one of the original ODO guys. Um, but in later, he, you know, he worked on Yahoo Fire Eagle and um, some other stuff. Like, I mean, he, yeah, he's really got quite a, um, but he's like this real anarchist. Um, 
I mean, like half his life is thick. He's ever like, oh, you know, half is like really like anarchy and, and um, politics really, and a really interesting, really really interesting guy to 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 follow. Yeah, um, I've man. Ah, uh, can't remember either. Rebel, Rebel's good enough. Well, I'll link to his Twitter profile. Shot. <laughs> yeah, I remember cool. that. Yeah, I was so jealous of you guys. Uh, a friend of mine was getting married um, out in Natal, so there was no way to to do the the market. But it was a fantastic wedding. It absolutely made up for it. But I was really jealous. <laughs> <laughs> After wedding was good at least. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think the next year was the first bar camp I went to. It was somewhere in Midrand, like towards Olifantsfontein or somewhere. I can't remember exactly. I missed that one. I didn't go to that one. Okay, that was my first uh, exposure to it. I, prob- I probably had a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin, so it's a lot like the D the D campus extension of the bar camp, just D camps over that, that weekends. Sounds, yeah, it sounds very similar, with D, but D camp also being fairly Ruby centered. Yes. Or being Ruby D camp. Yeah, it's but the same formula. This is kind of the, yeah, the, the same kind of um, structure of war. Well, Lack of structure, being an unconference, get there, you vote with your feet, go and participate where you want to, yes, and just make an interesting weekend of it. Yep, yes, yeah, that's pretty much the bar camp model. Yes, I think the last one when I had a look online was in 2011, and I completely missed that. But yeah, maybe we, uh, if if everybody, if <clears throat> if anybody's interested, like maybe it's a good time to to get another one going again. Um, what do you say, Armand? Kenneth, I'm 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 super keen to do that. Um, really, I, I I think it's way overdue. Um, you know, like I think I think in, in in that structure, you know, there's a lot of people that every now and then someone brings up the topic of park and um, and everyone's like, yeah, 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 we should do it. Uh, but I, I actually do think you know we should, we should just put put something down and and um, and see who's interested. And, uh, I'm sure it will be. And if somebody can help us get Cybono, <laughs> get in touch. <laughs> That's awesome. Venue. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. That was actually quite easy to get it though. Like, I mean, I, I think I just sent the email and, and said, "Well, you know, we it's a public holiday or Saturday, Sunday, what it was," and um, they basically just gave us the keys to, to the whole of Cybona. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that. Oh, we definitely have to get that up. <laughs> yeah, and then, um... but also then, by the time this episode is, um, the Ruby D camp would have been last weekend at the time this is. Yes. So, any stories that come out around that? Please send that our way. We can start. Um, we can start airing some interesting stuff about that as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then um, yeah, so that was yeah, that was quite a busy Ruby time. And then you you kind of like no, not you introduced some Erlang <laughs> on the side of your Ruby. Like this stuff was sounded very very interesting, and it seems you you guys got yourself entrenched in the mobile payment space. Well, actually, a lot of payment work that you did over the next couple of years. Tell us a bit about, like, what did that space look like, that whirlwind? Yeah, um, I mean, so, so yeah, okay, so I got into Ruby from, um, you know, of leaving Rate 5 Labs. Um, I, well, this is there's a little bit of a, a, a you know, sorry, actually what, what got me into to Ruby. Um, uh, it, it was more like in, in through Rails, like I think a lot of people's um, inroad into, into, into Ruby was, was through Rails at that point. Um, and I was I wanted to work on a startup, and that was before the days of Facebook Connect. But Facebook had just launched their their platform, so I was quite stoked on the whole idea of Open ID and um, Attribute Exchange and, and 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 all those specs. So when 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 Facebook launched their 
uh, who announced the platform at, at F8. Um, um, I just, you know, I, I decided to build a, a open ID server that was backed by, um, by, by Facebook's platform. Uh, that allow you to use your, your open ID, but basically allow you to sign into your, to any other open ID client, um, using your, your, your Facebook identity. Um, I basically, like, I, I didn't, I, I quit Red Five Labs and just focused on that for a little bit. Um, but I also realized that I needed some money to survive. And that's when I started doing consulting again. And sadly left that idea because, um, a, a year or so later, Facebook launched Facebook Connect, which basically did something very, very similar. So I was quite sad about that. Like that. So I, I still think Facebook Connect is, like, you know, super awesome. Um, and I just think this whole concept of, of identity, the identity layer on the internet is something that, uh, as a, as a, you know, it, it, it's as part of the internet as, as, as a transport and uh, the other layers. Um, yeah, and sort of, yeah, Kevin, and then that, like, you know, that sort of like then went into, uh, Agilisto, where we did some, there's this whole bulky thing between, where we did some consulting to, to agencies. We got involved in logistics, um, not an industry we, we, we should have been involved in. Um, we stopped doing that. Um, and then that, that's when we worked on the bank here projects. Um, yeah, I did, did some interesting stuff in, in Georgia. Um, there was a, a mobile money deployment. We, we built the front end where we built all these Ruby wrappers around an Erling backend. Um, basically, you know, like just using the dynamic, dynamic, dynamic piping of, 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 of Ruby to basically mirror Erlang interface. So we put, we translate Ruby calls into, uh, bird calls. Um, yeah, that was technically that was that was quite interesting. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you just share a little bit how that bird stuff looked and 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 like who else kind of used that and and where that concept came from. Yeah, so um, GitHub used used Erlang. Um, what well, least I think they used Erlang. Otherwise, they just used Bird um, at at GitHub. Um, so it is uh, based on work on uh, Tom Pearson Branner's uh, library. Um, yeah, so I, I forgot to put that to talk. <laughs> yeah, Bert. Oops. Yeah, Bert. So it, it's Bert and Bert RPC, which basically is a, um, a Ruby wrapper that does some of the, so anyway, we built like a whole framework on top of that, um, and use that to build a mobile front end for, uh, this mobile money deployment in, 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 in Georgia. Um, yeah, and that was, um, the nice thing about that was like, there's a lot of phones in, 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 in Georgia that's, not smartphones, so we built something that could adapt the request coming in using Waterfall, um, and I think we're using um, Tokyo Cabinet. Can I put you something I've heard about from you? Yeah, that was John John Matros. Um, he wrote the, one of the clients for it. Yeah, that was before Redis became popular. That was before Redis. There was, there was um, yeah, I mean, everything's Redis nowadays, but. Yeah, so we're using Tokyo Cabinet and instead of a, a database for, for Waterfall, just to be able to do, you know, you can do 100, 200,000 requests and, and it doesn't hurt the performance. Tokyo Cabinet, um, that was uh, that key value store, a lot. well, there was Tokyo Tyrant, did that become Cabinet or was that related to Cabinet? Tokyo Cabinet became Tokyo Tyrant, I think. Uh, and somewhere in between there was a Kyoto something as well. Yeah, uh, there's a Kyoto something that, uh, I was looking at it the other day actually. Some reason. It was, yeah, but to, to be honest, that, that's that's really like all I remember about it. Was, yeah. uh, <laughs> use basically use Redis now. Yeah, yeah, we use we use Redis quite extensively now. Um, yeah, actually, I have a call for the CEO tomorrow night. <laughs> the Redis lab one. Hmm. Um, or the adults here. But yeah, no, we 
um, yeah, the Delegate cabinet was, was, was really cool. Um, now we just built this thing that used um, the wonderful device to then dynamically render specific view templates in Ruby in Rails um, and compose an interface that would be suitable for those devices. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was that. Um, I'm just did you and did, sorry did your experience with building the Symbian stuff um, years before like make that easier to understand like the challenges of those small devices? Not, not really. Um, yeah, you know, like the, the Sabian devices used to be your your higher end. Well, used to be the higher end Nokia phones. They used to run Sabian. Um, so the phones that we, we had an issue with was your, your really like your your feature phones, um, phones that barely had a browser. And, and oh. This was in the days before um, even your. I mean, today if you look at a feature phone, most of them got a proper browser, or you know, most of them be running Android. Um, but back then, it, it was all these, uh, you know, all these, these in-house OSs with every browser implementation would be different, um, and it was it was really really crappy. So you, you've got this like you know really powerful front end, but you didn't have to really scale it down and, and think about the user interface, user experience to really make it work and adjust it for for those small screens. Um, it wasn't a lot of fun. I mean, I don't know. Like, technically, the the low level stuff there was fun, but you know, like to to you know, you put an iPhone in your pocket and you have to build an interface for, uh, you know, sixty six fifty. You know, that. <laughs> Horror, <laughs> like, horrors. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a pain. I think you could um, script a horror movie around this. Yeah, there, there, there was something for, like back back from those days that were interesting. We wanted to build uh, um, a location aware browser or app. Um, and this is off, you know, after the Red Five Labs day. So, so we, we had the experience with with, with, with Symbian, um, and Nokia had open sourced the WebKit browser, I think, um, which which they used. And then, so so the web, I think that was a startup WebKit. Um, so they open sourced that, but it wasn't in a buildable state. So you you had to like, you know, figure out the parts of the source that Nokia did not did not open source it. You know, they would just you know, in order to satisfy the open source license, they would just publish all this all the source code. Um, the idea was then to build uh, this into an app, and then build our own uh, uh, native JavaScript bindings. So you'd be able to run a web app on these Nokia or whatever phone support that uh, that browser, and be able to hook into the the phone's native, um, uh, you know, that's what like all like location that or GPS at that point. Um, that was before that was before the the geo um, the location APIs became available. So we wanted to build those those bindings ourselves, which was a, which was you know also one of those things that sounds fun when you start doing it, and six weeks later you're still back in to build the the web pixels. Yo, yeah, and this is long before Cordova or, or any of this modern modern tools. Wow. Yeah, that that was uh, yeah, that was that was also like that was quite a big mistake to actually try and do that. To be honest. Just because um, of not just not knowing how long it would take, or was it even if it worked out, but it's just not been feasible. I don't think it. You know, like I, I think both in terms of time, uh, complexity, not understanding exactly how, um, how much is, is missing, and 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 not exactly. I think fully thinking about what would happen if this thing builds for one device. Um, you know, obviously Nokia's got a team of um, you know, like many many engineers to maintain that. Um, 
we didn't, I don't think we that was something that we was well thought through. It, it was sort of like a side project. It wasn't the main project, but it's, it's something I think we spent way, way too much time on. Um, <laughs> uh, but that was, that was sort of a, a, a side thing on another project. You rebels. <laughs> Unstoppable. After the browser? Uh, yeah, that, 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 that browser actually was, wasn't the, it was a, so, sort of like an unofficial part of a, um, another project we worked on. It was, it was never, it was never an official project. Um, yeah, and after that, um, yeah, it was like consulting work. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then, uh, my mate, uh, Mitch phoned me and he's like, you know, do you want to, they, they start, they're starting this company called, uh, we're a different name back then, but which, which uh, turned out to be Hornet. Um, and I've done a lot of work with him. I'd like a, a, a lot of respect for him as a, as a user experience designer. Um, and he asked if I wanted to get involved and, and, and work on some of the tech stuff for them. Um, so yeah, well, it sounds a lot, sounds, sounds fun. Um, and yeah, that's when I started working with, uh, uh with Hornet. Um, we had quite a, uh, you know, quite an intense launch, launch period. We went from the sort of initial, um, Initial designs to and a, a massive global launch in, in two months. Um, wow! And it, yeah, it MVP. Was, yeah, it was. It wasn't actually even an MVP. It was like a full blown, um, full blown app. Um, okay, just a VP then. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was. It was really you know like I wouldn't. I wouldn't um, again some lessons learned. I wouldn't do it the same way. Um, it really meant no sleep for. For many days, um, you know, trying to stay ahead with you know the API development while um, you know front end guy was building the, the iOS app. Um, yeah, it's like you know the, like the design assets, the API, and the the work would just be so 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 close, so you know so tight ending. Um, it's literally like hours. You you just write one API, and you know there's the there's the endpoint, there's that app spec, um, implemented, um, move on to the next thing. But we like we got it done, um, and we got it submitted, and um, it was available in the App Store in 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 two months. Um, yeah, and then we had we had just in time for all our all our, our scheduled launch parties um, global globally. I can tell you that was that was, that was really stressful. Um, you know, you've got a, you you got to app this, you know, just just being built, um, and suddenly it's like you know thousands of people using it. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, it was, it was quite 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 happy, and, and at the same time, I was at a at one of the launch parties. I was in a I was in Thailand at a wedding, so that was <laughs> it just added a dimension of complexity to all. So this wedding oh. theme has been quite a recurring theme in this podcast. <laughs> it seems to it, it seems to be a recurring theme. You know, now, how many other people can still get get, get married? But, but I, I think I should just avoid weddings. Again, if I don't know about you, but it sounds like a lot of a lot of a lot of trouble. <laughs> Uh, well, no. <laughs> I don't know. I've got the cousin's wedding in a few weeks, so <laughs> yeah, it's quite a recurring yeah, theme. Bite your tongue. <laughs> oh, yeah, and um, um, I lost my train of thought now completely. Um, but maybe did, like tell us a bit about about Hornet. Oh, actually, I've got my train of thought back. I mean, what adds probably added to that was like these launch parties have like hard dates. I mean, that's. I mean, I I guess. With software, people are kind of used like a deadline can shift by, you know, a week or a month or always. Um, but I mean, this is like kind of the same stress that people have in, in like the film and advertising um, space. Like that space for that ad is booked like Friday night at news time. It goes out like everything needs to be like done, edited, produced, ready. Like, I mean, you guys said how many how many parties were there across the, the world that you that 
couldn't be moved. No, I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, that, those dates just couldn't, couldn't be moved. So, you know, you had to, it had to be ready. Um, yeah, it was, uh, we, we launched in uh, San Francisco, New York, LA, um, and I think then Tokyo, Bangkok, Sydney. So they, they were quite a few. They weren't all the same night. Like let's say it was spread over a, a, a period of two, three weeks. Um, yeah, so so you, you just recovered from the one weekend. Uh, the, the, the reason for it being like this, um, I, I don't, you know, I don't think if we go back, we, we would do the same timeline. I, you know, I think we'd make sure that the MVP works and, you know, the, the, the product is complete and everyone's had their sleep and, 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 and all of that before before launch but um you know like it, it, when, when you launch something like this you do need to have um a number of people in each, each city to make it work so if you if you log into um a, a dating app and and there's no one on there you, you won't open the app again so you know the, the, these parties were, were quite key in seeding our user base um and that's that's why yeah these like set setting stone I, I don't think the timeline was was, was great you know like it was um, you know, there's, there's technical debt that's, that we're still paying today uh, from that. Uh, Show me one business that isn't. Yeah, 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 too. Good, good, good point. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to admit it. <laughs> so thank you for coming clean. Yes, no, 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 for sure. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think I that joined, joined later, um, like, like Pascal, uh, you know, like, yeah, he's probably like, why the fuck is this like this? Um, but yeah, there was a... Uh, um, a lot of we we were working on a quite quite tight deadlines. So it was a quite intense experience. So we kind of hinted at that that Hornet's a dating app. Don't you tell the listeners a bit about what it is, where it fits in in like against tenders and whatnot? Um, Hornet at the moment is uh, the number two gay social network in the world. Um, the the one that everyone knows is, is sort of the serial one, which is uh, Grinder. Um, so when Hornet was started with the idea of building a, a, a better grinder, um, and better by better it means in, in every aspect, you know, more stable, um, a better chat experience, um, a better quality of people on, on the app. Um, so 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 basically it's um, it's 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 a gay social network. So you you know for, for if, if if you straight and you go to a bar, uh, you notice that some of the opposite sex might be interested to you in, in, in you, but you know, if you're gay, it's not always as, um, as easy. So, so technology plays a big role in bringing people together. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of where we, we positioned. We started as, as trying to build a better guy, and we've now um, uh, moved on from that vision. Um, but that's, that's where we started. We, we, we're still number two to grind it now. We, um, uh, we hope, to, well, things go well. And maybe this time next year we can have another chat. And, um, um, yeah, but like maybe, maybe we, we just moved up a position. Uh, that would be really cool. Um, we also we we quite big. Um, some of our biggest countries we 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 really big in, in Russia, really big in, in, in Turkey, um, which is countries where um, LGBT rights are are oppressed. Um, and they, you know, or it might be one of the only apps where you can feel safe to communicate with other people. Um, so security is quite a big thing for us. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, um, it's been an interesting ride. Um, and I, I really, you know, I really love working on, on more You know, we've got an amazing team. Um, you know, people that's that's really, you know, so passionate about um, about what we do, passionate about health. Um, yeah, and just 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 you know, being a, a a good tool for the community. So, what is your role currently? 
Um, I'm the CTO at the moment. Um, yeah, I've been a CTO of Warner for a while. So, from a CTO role, perhaps you want to just unpack. So, what kind of technology are you actually using in that? Uh, we, we still, the, the, the primary language that we use is, is, is still Ruby. Um, other technologies we leverage, well, we, we're running on, on, on AWS. Um, other things we leverage quite heavily is like I mentioned, is, is, is Redis. Um, we use Elasticsearch quite a bit. Um, a little bit of Cassandra. Um, Postgres is our, is our, our workhorse uh, of, of our family database. Um, yeah, and then, and then you know, like the, like the normal things like we use Akamai as CDN. Um, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a whole bunch of stuff, but that, that's sort of the, 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 the big moving, moving parts in our stack. And the mobile apps are native? Oh. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. They they native. Yes. Yeah, we just we just like it's just you know you you can't. I, I still think like you can't pull a, a really good experience and and, and not be native. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, Jason is a yeah. uh, this year jock the force at this. It's quite a nice presentation about breakdown like experience versus cost to market and a bunch of other stuff on these different matrices for the for to choose between native uh hybrid um or like these web view components based apps so like cordova or like, you know like react native and whatnot up and down this thing and then at the end you feel like it's going to reach some conclusion and then it's like it depends and it's like oh you know you would, we all want the hot and fast answer but in health the same thing i mean it's like <laughs> you're never going to get it well if, if you want a really rich like solid experience then then you just like you have to go native you know, at least at this stage of the, the match, it'll probably be like that for quite some time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I, I, I think you do have, do have to go native. And I, and I actually think you're feeling fooling yourself as well if you think that you can do something. Like, maybe a little bit of sharing of code between platforms you know, will save you a bit of time. Um, if you've got a good a good Android or a good iOS developer, get it, the, the, the speed at which they can roll out stuff is is probably equal to someone building something on, um, you know, on the React tool. Um, yeah, no, no, I, I, you know, I, I, I do think there's a lot, there's a lot going for native, um, in terms of you know speed, platform, quality, um, you know, like maybe may, maybe maybe it, it's you know you lose a bit of the code that you use, but I, I, I think it's a worthwhile payoff. Even though you can still get quite a bit of code reuse if you pick your tooling um, to be a, a something like uh, Go can now compile down to ARM64, so that can work on iPhone or Android. So some of your backend code can can be written in something that's not Objective C or Java and be shared, but it's it's limited. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, like if you if you look at what you know, like you you you're probably going to have some li- or let's say like some library for you know uh, abstracting away an API. Um, you're going to have you know some some shared library, some stuff that you use, some cocoa pods that you use. Um, going to be a lot of you know building blocks you can build on. Um, yeah, so I think not having you know a lot of code to use might be you know it's it's, it's worth it's worth building for native. So, out of interest, um, what is your team size at the moment to to run this whole app? Uh, we okay, so we about uh, until you know, until quite recently we were only six engineers with Android two on two on Android one iOS two backend guys and and one web guy. Um, we're now expanding with with um, recently made some acquisitions. So our team is now suddenly expanded. We now we, you know, we grew from a you know, team of less than ten people. We now we now forty people. Um, but again, that's that's 
you know, very, very recent. Um, the, the, the core Hornet team was still, you know, still, you know, six, seven guys. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of what, 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 what we achieved. You guys know Pascal. I mean, he's, he's, um, he's super, um, he's, he's, uh, he's done so much for us scaling. I mean, I mean, we just to, you know, so like some of the numbers on, on Hornet, we do, um, we do more like just our photo traffic would be more than all the internet traffic going through the Cape Town Internet Exchange. Um, that, that, that it's our CDN. Um, endpoint. Um, just looked at it a bit, bit earlier. We're just doing just over a gig a second. Uh, wow. On, <laughs> on <laughs> photos. Um, about 6,000 requests a second there. And then we're doing, you know, uh, 30, 40 million, um, messages a day. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, you know, we, we have the, the vanity figure is a, a week, but about 15 million, um, installed. Um, but I think more interesting stuff, we just, we between one and two million, um, daily active. Um, so it's, 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 it's quite busy. It's, it's, a, it's a big, it's a big, big app now. We've grown up app. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's gone through quite a few iterations of, um, of feeding issues. Um, you know, as you start pushing the boundaries on, on one set of technologies or, you know, something that we, you think that has got a, a lot, a lot of headroom. Um, but yeah, I think for the last two years, we've been, uh, you know, we've, we've got a really mature infrastructure. Um, so yeah, things have been, been, been really good. Jono, congrats! Thanks, man. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's fun. <laughs> and then, and then other stuff we we use it. Something I forgot about is still would like quite heavily on Sidekick, good old Sidekick. Um, as I think any, anyone that's doing any background work should <laughs> should seriously look at Sidekick. Yeah, Sidekick pretty much runs our backend infrastructure as well. Um, background tasks, async, anything async. It's just so stable. Yeah, it just works. It, it's like Redis. You, you know, it's, it, there's, there's certain things that's you know, maybe a little bit of high level in Redis, but um, that's something that just uh, you just rely on. Yeah, there's a new work kit on the block that I want to check out at some point called Hutch that's built on top of RabbitMQ, but uh, I'll see you sometime. I want to pull us away from the technology for a second, unless there's something important that we still need to, to cover. And that is the, I want your, the trail running you've been doing this last two years as well. I mean, I, I see the pictures on, on Facebook and Instagram <laughs> and Twitter and I'm just like, you've really like, not just you've, you've traveled very far to go run very far in some very epic places. Like I'd love to hear like, like how did it start? Like <laughs> where was that first 5k that just never ended? Um, yeah, man, like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm quite into my running at the moment. Um, it was, uh, I've always been, like, I've always enjoyed running. It just, you know, the last few years, getting more into, uh, well, moving to Cape Town, getting more into the trail scene, um, I think make, make, made it easier to, um, you know, it's easier to just, you know, go into the mountains and, and, and run for a few hours. If it's just, yeah, you don't have to drive somewhere, you just you sort of like, you know, run up and an hour later, you, you just, there's, there's no, no, no one really around you. Um, so I think it was, it, well, there was actually one specific, um, one specific run. Um, I just moved to Cape Town for about new and a lot of our running. Um, and I joined this group of runners that wanted to run from, from Felt Bay to, to Camps Bay. And we did this run. It's a 50k run over, um, over the mountain. It was my real first real exposure to, um, to the conditions on the mountain when it's cold. Um, and be- before that, and they had like, you know, like they had this checklist, like you put it, a warm weatherproof jacket, you can have a space blanket, um, 
a whole bunch of shit. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm, I don't have any of this stuff. So I'm just going to like drove my migration back and done. And we got to the top. It was like really cold. It was like mine or something. And um, I didn't have a space blanket. I didn't have a, a, a jacket. It was super cold. But I, I remember like not, but I didn't want to complain because it was, um, you know, like, it was my own choice to, to do about that stuff. Um, but I remember coming down, I'm like, yeah, I was, super, I was really, really stoked about that, that, that experience. I was like, you know, it, it really felt alive at the end of the storm. Um, and I wanted to do more of that. Um, yeah, and then I started running more, um, started entering, uh, you know, sort of longer events and, and interesting places. Um, that's one advantage of, of, of working remotely is you, you know, you, you, you can go to Patagonia and go and run a race. Um, Going to the mountains and, and I think some of them like the late nights working or, you know, two, three night, um, you know, marathon work sprints sort of prepare you for staying awake two nights running across a mountain. So sort of similar sort of feel to it. <laughs> but yeah, no, Kevin, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of, yeah, that, that, that sort of grew from there. That, that, that's some, that's some nice long, long runs the past year. Um, that the one in Patagonia, that was the one that's mine now and then. Did a, did a hundred miler in, in Andorra um, last night, two months ago. And that was really, really hard. But it's, um, you know, it's, it, it, it gives you an opportunity to see a country from a completely different perspective. Um, whereas Andorra is quite a, quite a small country and this, this, this sort of race goes up, up all the peaks around, um, around, around Andorra. So you get to see the country from literally from every, every side, from the French border to the Spanish border. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, no, I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. Um, you know, the reasons for doing it, you get to, you get to spend some time, you know, like, I think without, without all the distractions that we, that we have, um, you know, we spend a lot of time in front of computers, we spend a lot of time in, on the internet. Uh, sometimes it's nice to, to get away from it and, and, and sort of just, you know, get in touch with, with a bit of nature and, and, and see things a bit differently, you know, it gives you time to, to think. Um, about stuff and you know sometimes you can be battling with something at work and go you go for and while you while you're away from the keyboard you know sometimes it, it, the, the solutions would um, it, it just your it, it mind sort of like in the background you know on a, on a, on a background thread still keeps on thinking about it and then you, know, you come back you know maybe you, you, you found a solution um so yeah no I, I, you know I, I really i really think every, everyone should should give the running thing a, a shot it's it's quite easy to get into no i was going to say do you have some tips for people who, who want to start or, or some advice for managing your time because i mean it's not like you carve out half an hour to go practice you probably need to put in quite a good long run to get a decent amount of exercise in yeah that, that, that is the thing i mean like like i do try and get up get up earlier now i'm not always successful um and and like all of us like we we work quite hard and i think all of us work quite long hours um so that, that is that is really difficult um, the one thing is just to try and make, you know, just, you never, you know, just go out. If, if you go out for half an hour, um, like before the show tonight, we, we, we just went out for a, a, a quick run. It was a 5k run. Um, but it's just to go and do something, you know, it's just, you know, you're not, it's going to take, you know, half an hour to, 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 to go and do that. Um, and you've done something. Um, you know, if you've got a little bit more time, it's, it's, it's time to squeeze in more, but we don't always have that time. Um, so five days better than, than, than doing nothing. Um, and it's all, it's not, it's not, you, you need shoes. Um, and like maybe, maybe a watch that you can build apps for. 
Um, there's always a like there's always a, a different spin you could put on things. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean the advice I, I would give is just you know if you're keen on if you're keen on running, try and get off off the road and onto the trails. Um, it's it's a lot it's a lot more it's a lot better. I, I think it's a lot it's a lot nicer to run um, sort of outside and, and and not not be not be stuck on on guard if you can if you can you know if, I know it's always possible. But um, if you can get out and, and run in the park or you know find a river or somewhere, go and run there. It, it just gives you a bit of a break from from everything else. Do you find being down at sea level there in Cape Town makes a difference? Um, a bit more oxygen. Yeah, um, it certainly makes a difference when I when I go back to Joburg. Gasping <laughs> 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 um, no, for breath. <laughs> oh, abs- absolutely, absolutely. Um, but not 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 that much. I, you know, like, I think if you do, like, I remember I'm really like a social social athlete um i think if you if you really you know performance sensitive you would go and do you know you would acclimatize at, at, at high level and come come um, the race on sea level um yeah but for me i just appreciate the oxygen you've got here <laughs> yeah why deprive yourself that's something i noticed uh, when i got here to london is it's like 50 feet above sea level so uh, I mean, I've started. I've started doing some running around the Thames here. Oh, cool! Beautiful areas. Awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They like on the on the opposite. Are you on the opposite shore of the the financial district? Uh, well, I would run from. So I'm in Pimlico, which is kind of uh, about a mile south from Big Ben, if if anyone's familiar with London. But I'm on the north bank, so I'll run across the bridge, and then there's a bridge just around from me. I'll run across there and run go down towards London Bridgeway. And you can pretty much run across the whole South Bank from from where I am up to London Bridge. Oh, that sounds so cool. Do you, do you, do you race the boats? <laughs> I, haven't tried, I haven't noticed that yet. That was awesome. um, I'll try that and let you know. Yeah, okay, give it a shot. I think it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've, only, I've, I've ran there once. Um, and I remember that was quite fun. Like the last, last kilometer or something, just trying to, to, to stay in the boat. <laughs> are you using any kind of apps given to to help you just doing it for fun no just doing it for fun excuse to go and see some of the sites around you nice yeah um i mean i'm i'm, I'm quite into strava um I, I, like I, I think most most runners um are on strava it's just you know you spend, spend a lot of time on there um there's just so much interesting stats and things. i think they, they really do they really do a lot for for running um, it's very social isn't it it's, it's extremely social. So I like probably spend more time on on, on Strava than on on Facebook. Um, and like the just the, the insights, you know, like the, the amount of number crunching and and day to day the day process um, for the insight to, to give you like insights on every single run that you do. You know, there will be different segments. So you know, I've, I've got a favorite segment out in on um, just uh, out, uh, on the Dudno uh, Beach. There's a little a little stretch. Um, I mean, to use that as an example, then, you know, be, you know, I would, I would, I would run it. I would get a time. You, know, you, you can then overlay someone else's run on that. Um, you know, that's all, and, and it's, you know, they do all that processing in a, in a, in a second. You can do flyovers, see, like, you know, how fast you are, you know, against someone else. Um, they've got the leaderboards, um, the course records. Um, I think, I really think that they put such a social spin. It's a positive social spin to, to running. Um, I, th- I really think they do a lot, a lot for this course. Um, and then you, you know, like other, other interesting things, it's like sort of like the maps, the popular routes. So if you, if you, 
if you get to a new city, you can then see sort of you know which which trails and which roads are popular. Um, you know, and going around it, I think it's a great way to explore a city. And, and using something like the Strava maps is just a um, a nice way to see where you can actually go and run. I really just like like it like go and have a look at it. Um, you know, play around with Strava. There's a lot of stuff. Even if you you know if you run it on the block, you'll probably find that you know 600 other people ran it around the block before you. And it's always good to see where you where you rank, and then you know, you like it's sort of like the incentive to go and land again. Like, you know, did I improve? Am I doing better? Am I better than like the other people that ran this this route? It, it's really a, a, an addictive an addictive app. Okay, that really sounds nice. I thought Strava was more just the more serious number crunching. Like I'm uh, starting to really care about my times kind of thing. I didn't realize that you can discover the routes and like all this other features. All have a, give it another look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yes, Armand, thank you. Um, that's awesome. I, I really, like, it was great, like, kind of reliving the journey with you again. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, I knew you for yeah. a lot of it, so it's been, like, so nice walking down memory lane again. Yeah, again, it's the, the, the same. It's really, like, some 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 long-ago memories that, that uh, you brought back. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, thanks for introducing me to some of these. <laughs> the roots yeah. of the Ruby community. <laughs> yeah, I like a long time ago. Yeah, I know. Ah, but I mean, the the artifacts of that still alive and kicking, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and then on the running side, just like like wow. And and I hope um people should just go check out your. I mean, you do post from time to time. Well, I mean, on Twitter when you finish races and stuff, so people can just check your images of the amazing places you've been all over the world. Yeah. Um. We we got a big big race coming up, which which might be of interest. It's it's called uh, Tour de Jeanne, um in Italy. Um, later, well, next next month, in two weeks. Um, it's it's called the um, the Tour of Giants. Um, it's a race from from Comio in Italy, which is it's a it's a three hundred and thirty kilometer um, run um, that includes most of the you know the the, mount, the high level mountain passes around uh, Comio. So that's yeah, that's definitely going to be the biggest biggest race I've done. <laughs> wow today <laughs> and uh, i mean I'll, I'll i'll send you the link 330 miles like how much what's the total uh climb at the end of it do you know it's 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 330 kilometers um and it's it's 24,000 meters of climb on on, on technical trails wow good Jeez, luck Jeez. <laughs> yeah so by the time the show comes out i think it'll be like on a plane already on the way there yeah yeah absolutely um i might actually already be running if it's in Weeks. It starts on the 11th. Yeah, then maybe you are already running. It starts on the 11th. Anyways, we'll, we'll get people to, to cheer you on. Uh, uh, this episode Thanks, should man. be out before then. So yeah, people will be cheering you on. Ah, cool, guys. Thanks. I really appreciate that. <laughs> kind of need, we'll, we'll definitely need that. Cool. And if there's anything else we need to, to cover, otherwise we can uh, like get into picks. We, we've, we're about at time. Yeah, I'm Picks. Out. Cool, Kevin, you're so eager. Do you want to kick us off? Oh, she's just drop, drop this on me. Um, my pick is Ubuntu Linux. Um, so I built a desktop rig up again and decided to just give Ubuntu a try again. Um, really impressed with it on the desktop. Super stable, really nice UI. Might not be everyone's cup of tea, but if you don't like Unity, then use Mint and get Cinnamon. 
Uh, I love these spices. <laughs> that's the theme of it. Um, but yeah, if you if you don't want to use a Mac and uh, you want a Unix-like experience, well, Ubuntu is awesome. That's my pick. Cool, thanks. I'll uh, quickly go. Um, if somebody's curious for running, at least in Gauteng for trail running, um, at the Big Red Barn in Irene, they have, well, they've got great mountain biking, but the last Sunday of every month, they've got some trail runs. I think it's four and eight and 15 kilometer tracks. Uh, it's a lot of fun. They also have night runs. Um, I can't, don't know the schedule. I haven't done one in, in about a year's time, which is also fantastic. That was my very first trail run was a night run at Irene and it completely stole my heart. So that's, that's definitely something. Um, there's an app I haven't actually used because I listen to podcasts while I run, um, not music, but it's called Zombies Run. And from other people, I've heard it's a lot of fun. It basically oh, yeah. it takes your music, uh, from your phone. And then it overlays, well, it chooses songs to, to, to try and make it like up the pace, but it turns your run into a game. So you've got to get to supply drops to arm up against the zombies to defend your bases. And you need to sprint at times and other times you need to take it slow. And it like augments everything with all these rich sounds and, and whatnot. And if you watch the, the trailer for it, um, they brought their promotional video is actually fantastic and it doesn't feature a single person, <laughs> which is pretty cool. So just kind of those two to help get going. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's really cool. I, I, used, I used to play a little bit as well. Right then, Armand, any from from your side? Yeah, yeah well, um, while we're on it on the on the on the trail running thing, um, it's a good thing you mentioned that that um, you know the, the trails. In, if you're in the Cape Town area, there's uh, the Cape Town running the running company's got uh, what's called the Wolfpack trails, which is like an easily accessible um, you know trail runs. It happens in a week. Uh, it's it's a it's a ten k. And everyone said, like, it's like, it reminds me of, of Ruby on beers. You, you go for 10k run, really social, and after that, have, have some beers. That would be my one pick. If I pick another pick on the, on the, on the technical side, um, been playing a lot with, with Kibana, um, uh, just in terms of, you know, um, analytics from, uh, Elasticsearch. I think that's, uh, something, something where if you're using Elasticsearch, worth looking at. Um, yeah, that's it from, from my, my side. Cool. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much for, for taking uh, two hours out of Monday night to join us. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, thanks, guys. Jeez, it was really awesome to, to catch up again. This is, uh, we should do this, well, maybe not the, the whole podcast thing, but just you know, catch up. This is uh, yeah, it's really good chatting to you guys. Yeah, thanks, Amad. It's been good to thanks, hear from you again. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And then... Yeah, so yeah, good luck with, with Hornet, pushing it through the, the whatever the next challenges are for a growing company. Hope you guys make a huge success of it. And good luck for the two of the giants. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, really appreciate it. Cool. Kevin, yeah, and, and good, good, good luck for the, 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 London, the London winter. I'm not sure what to make of that, but thank you. <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> cool. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, Ciao. Guys. Cheers, guys.